Hey everyone, welcome to the Super Review Show's Mixed Bag Live once on Wednesday nights on YouTube. How y'all doing tonight? I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Bill Murphy. How are we doing tonight, Bill? I'm doing good, and I can predict the future. Apparently so. Bill has now been has the ability now to predict the future because of last week's episode of Mixed Bag. Okay, and joining us once. Fill them in really quick, okay? Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, you last week, for those of you who didn't see our episode last week, we did TV shows that should get canceled. Yes, sir. And one of the things I said was counting on with the Duggars. And 24 hours later, our my dear friend Justin here sent me a text that Josh Ducker was arrested for doing inappropriate things. And I'm like, and he's like, I think you could see the, I think you could predict the future or something. Then you sent it to me. I'm like, guys, I think I might be psychic. So I can now predict the future. We are not worthy. We are not, we worthy. Are not worthy. We are not Praise worthy. Praise be he, the almighty Murph. Oh, hell, Murph. I might oh, predict Murph. a few things tonight. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Anyways, that's Bill Murphy for you, everyone. Joining us also tonight is Justin Favreau. How are you doing tonight, Justin? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. I like your outdoor, I said this before before we started, but I love your outdoor um, uh, view there. It looks really good. Yeah, thanks. Um, it's been very nice down here in Maryland. Um, you know, weather's been fantastic, so I figured, you know what, why not? It's been raining up here today. And it's raining all day. We got a little bit of rain earlier today, but for the most part, it's been a pretty nice day. That's good. Glad to hear it. All righty. Let's see what we got. So tonight's topic, Bill, would you, would you like to talk about the topic tonight? Sure. Tonight, we're going to be talking about remakes. You know, movies that have had like thousands of remakes. Oh, yeah. You know, movies that have been made again, again, and again, and reboots. Oh, yeah. How so, do you describe a reboot, Justin? Justin, go ahead. So, the difference between a reboot and a remake is a remake is, is taking a story that has been told before with characters that have been portrayed before and essentially doing it again, maybe with a fresh take, maybe with a modern times something might be different unless you're 1999 psycho <laughs> yeah a reboot is taking the franchise not necessarily the same characters not necessarily the same story and taking it in a different direction yeah um Probably the best example of remakes throughout the years is A Star is Born. The movie's yep. been remade three freaking times. Um, and if you want to talk reboots, J.J. Um, Abrams is like the king of reboots. Um, yeah. Because... Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get into him in a little bit. We're going to talk about um, it all. The good, the bad. And the awful. <laughs> and just the what. Three is going on. Oh yeah. And the what the hell were you smoking? <laughs> yeah, totally. And we also uh, talk about reimaginings. 
Oh, yes. Our good oh, yes. friend Tim is going to be mentioned a lot during that. Tim Burton will be mentioned a lot during this, um, during tonight's show. So, um, yeah. Well, we hope you all can enjoy the show tonight and hopefully you have a good time. But, uh, Justin, oh, I want. By the way, yes. happy Cinco de Mayo. Oh, that's right. I forgot to mention that. Happy Cinco de Mayo to all of our wonderful fans out there. Hopefully, you had a wonderful time tonight. I hope you had some Mexican food. Hope you had some tacos or some enchiladas or some burritos. And we hope you had a nice margarita with or without alcohol. Whatever your preference is, we don't judge. Um, exactly. Um, I would like to get, I know I, I know let Bill start off tonight, but I'm gonna let Justin start off tonight to see what he has to say about his remakes and reboots and what does he think about the whole shebang. Justin, go right ahead if you don't mind. So the big controversy when it comes to reboots and remakes is Hollywood is running out of ideas. And bar. yes, that is true. They ran out of ideas decades ago. It's it's sad, but it's true. Um, you can only tell so many stories so many times where it gets stale. So you have to make it as fresh as you can. Um, if I want, probably my favorite reboot is a reboot that had no means being good, mm -hmm. but was handled by such a fantastic team. And I'm, of course, talking about the Jump Street franchise. Okay. 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 Gotcha. Um, 21 Jump Street was obviously this 1980s um, cop drama featuring um, cops who were young looking enough to pass off as high school students. Um, the lead character being portrayed by Johnny Depp, um, you know, infiltrating a high school and taking down criminals. The way. Um, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller did it, um, who I think are phenomenal filmmakers. Um, you're going to hear me sing the praises of these guys for a long time. Um, they were like, all right, you want us to do a Jump Street reboot? We'll give you a Jump Street reboot, but we're going to talk about how stupid reboots are. And, and they do. They touch on all the tropes of a reboot. You know, um, the higher-ups are giving us a lot of money to restart a, a new project that no one asked for. Um, so you two are going to be a part of that. That's the plot. <laughs> yeah, I mean... And like and basically, if you don't mind me chiming in for a sec, basically a reboot, then the very simplified definition of it, a remake is you take one film and just remake it. And if you were yeah, to it's very on, it's a very simple very simple, but a reboot is different. And I will give an example about that, is that uh Spider-Man has been rebooted three times now since its inception in two thousand two. Oh, yeah. I was actually gonna use that. Spider-Verse, I forgot you can't account that. Okay, well, sorry. And, and I'm going to let Bill jump in in a second. I, I just want to say a clarification of a reboot is of, of a franchise 
that you're going to reboot that. If you're just going to make one and film out of it, it's just a remake. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Justin, was it my turn? Um, I think it's your turn because, you know, um, there's there's only so much you can really say about uh, the Jump Street franchise besides it's, it's hilarious. Um, they definitely went to a more comedic um, it, it tone really with this. Nothing to do with the 1980s TV show. Which some people might think, well, what's the point then? The point is, it's a really good movie. Well, Johnny Depp and the other guy, I forgot what his name is. I, I don't know. I never watched They actually the, do make a cameo. They do make a fun little cameo in like, the third hey, act. Jump Street? We came from Jump Street. And then they, spoiler alert, they kill him off. Yeah, we, um, hey, we, we actually saw that, both of them in theaters together. Yep. Um, 22 Jump Street's probably still my favorite of the two. Um, but that one is a more of a send-off of sequels, while the first one was more of a send-off on reboots. Yeah, but I will say this. It's like they kind of poke fun at the... like. It's basically the exact same plot, except in it high is. school, they're in college. And they touch... They exploit that heavily. Like, they're aware how lazy it is, and the laziness is actually part of the brilliance. And they're poking... And, and it's not like, yeah, we're lazy, we know it. They... They're like poking fun at how lazy they're being. Um, Continue. But yeah, it's... This is one of the... Fran this is a franchise that has a small enough fan base which... Warren's the question, why make the movie in the first place if the fan if the fan base isn't even that strong? Um like I, I don't know who asked for a jump street movie. But you know, with a with a fan base that is obviously don't they don't care if you go a different direction because we're gonna get there in the in a little bit there are some franchises that if you touch the wrong way you breathe on it wrong people start <laughs> to riot yeah riot, riot. <laughs> it's 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 like stepping on your neighbor's grass it's just there's things you just don't do yeah but um have you said what you need to say, or oh uh, yeah, it's it's a it's an incredibly enjoyable uh, reboot of a franchise that had no reason being rebooted, and they surprised pretty much everybody. And I think that's a testament to the filmmakers. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna start off with um. I just said it. I'm gonna start with uh, Spider Man. Mm. That has been rebooted. Um, the first one was, of course, the Sam Raimi movies. Yep. Mm. In two thousand two, which fun fact was actually my first PG thirteen movie I saw in theaters. Wow. I actually didn't see it in theaters. But yeah, it's it's like because with the tone. 
and I've said this before, in 2002, and even the movies afterwards, it's kind of different from what you've seen in separate ones, which I'll get to in a second, but um, the tone changes. Like, in the first one, for instance, the comic book, the, the villains talk like comic book villains. Would you guys agree or disagree? We'll meet again, Spider-Man. Feel the shiver coming on your spine. We are who we choose to be, so choose. The heart, Osborne. We need to (laughs) protect the boy's heart. David Kep wrote this movie, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, you haven't accepted my proposal. Are you in or are you out? It's Because you who's out, Gobby. Out of your mind. Um, yeah, they talk like comic book villains. And I think the Raimi series are very comic booky. It knew what it wanted to be. Exactly. And it was just serious enough. Mm-hmm. To escape, like, Schumacher territory. Oh, maybe we'll talk about him later. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's technically not a reboot. He's technically a continuation of the Burton franchise. But it led to a reboot. We'll get to that when we get to that. Um, (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, but that's like with the series. It's like, you know, it was kind of more comic booky and... You know, Spider-Man 2, I think in a way, like, villain-wise, it was probably the most serious one. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Because, um, of course, um, but, like, what, but, like, with Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, I think he is sort of like, like I said, I think he, he's a good Peter Parker, I think. I don't know how really how to describe his Spider-Man. He is kind of corny. Because, of course, the it's you who's out, Gobby, out of your mind. Yeah. And, and of course, Spider-Man 3. Oh, yeah. Which do we really need to discuss? Um, yeah. I no, think I it think. speaks for itself. Yeah, it does. It does. Okay, you know what? I'll say this. With um, Sandman and... Every Eden, episode, we have Bill defending Spider-Man 3. Have you noticed that? <laughs> With new, Almost every episode. With New Goblin and Sandman, it's not too comic booky. but once we get to Eric Foreman, yep. then it gets comic booky. Like, again, one gripe I have, like, it's just his regular voice when he's Venom. They couldn't do anything to it to make it sound, I don't know, more intimidating? I'm not gonna, I'll be, we'll be here all night if we have to figure that out. But yeah, yeah it's The the Raimi movies are very comic booky, and they're very cheesy. Mm-hmm. And and then you have the web movies, which okay, guys. Um, if you if any of you have been following comic book book movies since two thousand eight onwards, you know two thousand eight is when the Dark Knight was released. Yep. And then every movie, uh, not every, but a good chunk of movies after that, except for like MCU, try to be the Dark Knight. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't agree with that. I mean, because didn't agree or disagree? Yes, but I think people over exaggerate with Amazing Spider Man when they make that comparison. Like, they tried, like, I'm open to the, you know, I'm open to the concept of a darker Spider Man. Yeah. He, here's what I would say um, I think Tobey Maguire was the better. Peter Parker, but I think Andrew Garfield was the better Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, he was definitely a better Spider-Man. Because, like, here's the thing. It's like, they're more, I feel like, I feel like the villains in the Raimi universe can't exist in the web universe. Well, we'll see what happens when worlds collide this December. But with the Raimi movies, you know, I feel like I mean, with the web movies, I feel like it's not a traditional comic book movie. I don't know what you guys think, but like they don't talk like comic book characters. I mean, did Lizard, was it, was it 2012's Amazing Spider-Man had Lizard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't remember him being all like, we'll meet again, Spider-Man. I don't remember the that. The that most that comic, comic book-y book-y. thing in that movie, I think, was when he was over Peter in the final battle he's like poor Peter Peter Parker Parker. no mother parents no uncle he's all alone that's the most comic booky yeah they try to present that in a sense of realism but I don't know like with Spider-Man with some of these villains I don't know if you can be realistic most of Spidey's comic book villains are science experiments gone wrong. No, no, keep running, keep running. So you can only ground them in reality so much. Exactly. Or like And I definitely do think they tried too hard in grounding in reality with the web movies. Um yeah. but Amazing like the- Spider-Man 2 less said about that the better <laughs> yeah that one but makes spider-man 3 look like the godfather here's here's where i will give amazing spider-man 2 credit though yeah i'm giving it credit on something oh well i'm giving it i'm giving amazing spider-man 2 credit um at least okay comparing it to the raimi movies spider-man 2 when peter quits being spider-man for a while mm-hmm. And the raindrops keep falling on my head. Um, when you have that versus what happened in Amazing Spider-Man 2, I feel like the reason why he quit in Amazing Spider-Man 2 was sort of more realistic. Because in Spider-Man 2, it was just a stress of the job. While in Amazing, Sp- in Amazing Spider-Man 2, his girlfriend died. And, you know, Gwen Stacy died, and yeah, that's, yeah, spoiler. So, therefore, I think you can understand the realism of why he quit in Amazing Spider Man 2 than in the Raimi movies. And that comes to another point when we get to the MCU ones in a second. But, um, what do you think? Um, I think that, um, both are valid reasons because. You know, Peter Parker, yes, 
it, the stress of the job is what um, makes him quit being Spider-Man, but also remember the stress of the job was affecting his performance. Okay. So combine that with performance issues, the stress. Yeah. Yeah, you're at least going to want to take a break. Hey, if not, rethink your life decisions. What I will um, say, and I don't want to sound like a morbid bastard or anything, but I think like after Gwen Stacy dies, that last third is actually brilliant because you see all the pain he's going through. Yeah, how, that he's was... standing, how he's standing at her grave. How he's standing. Oh, I think that was done really well. That was. I think the scene leading to that was not. <laughs> yeah. Or like when or like when um Aunt May basically tells him, Hey, time to move on. And when he's like, that's the end scene. When there's a kid in the Spider Man costume and he's and Rhino's there and then just I'll take it from here. But dumbass I, kid. That kid was a dumbass. <laughs> but yeah, but I think that's the thing. Is, and also with other things too, like for instance, um, you know, we talked about the villains, but also some of the side characters like Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben! <laughs> I feel like, you know, in the Raimi movies, he's more the, you know, just the supportive uncle. But I feel like in the web movie, I feel like he's more sort of the tough love. You get what I'm saying here, Justin? Yes. The Raimi movies were more faithful to the comics. Um, the web movies tried to elevate itself with um, with subplots and intrigue and world building. But It was so focused on the B and C plot, it didn't have enough focus on the A plot. Exactly. And and then you have, and you know, there was a progression of like other characters such as Aunt May, which in the Raimi movie, she's just the supportive, you know, six who very gray, who looks like she's gonna crap out any second. Again, the the Raimi movies were definitely a tribute to like the the Silver Age of Spider-Man. Yeah, while while I feel like the Aunt May in the in the web movies is more proactive, how she's taking college classes to help pay for Peter's college, you know, to get a nursing job so she could help pay for Peter's college. Mm. Um, but yeah, and now we go on to the MCU. And something I will give the MCU credit for, and I'm going to give it a lot of credit for. We have a lot of credit stuff to give it to. Um, is that they started when he's already Spider-Man. That's a brilliant move. Because, okay. and you know, we first see it in Captain America Civil War. He's already Spider-Man. We... 
I feel like, and they do this with reboots all the time. We know what happens. Gets bit by a spider. Wakes up with spider powers. Uncle Ben, with great power comes great responsibility. There's not much more you could really do with that part of the origin. Um, nothing and then Uncle Ben anyway. gets killed. And... And now he's Spider-Man. Like, we've seen that a million times. I like in the MCU how they start it when he's already Spider-Man. I thought that was one of the best parts of that movie, to be honest with you. You know, the audience was like, okay, you know, the studio's probably thinking, you know what? You know what happened. We don't need to show you again. We're just going to have it. He's already Spider-Man. Yeah. He's already Spider-Man. That's what we're going to do. And oh, although I will say this. Yeah. There is a way where you could possibly show the origin um, in more of a flashback capacity. Um, if any of you watched the Spectacular Spider-Man show. I haven't. I haven't. Um, during the Black Suit Saga, he was having an internal struggle between the good Peter and the bad Peter, you know, the black Sue and him. And it kind of like goes over what made Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Um, ooh, is that what we were gonna get with Carnage? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, are you talking about this? Yes. Um, And back. it just, it kind of just like flashes back to his origin and just goes over like what made Spider-Man Spider-Man. And I think if they were ever to do like the black suit Spider-Man um, again, this would be a great way to do it. Mm -hmm. and I would like to, yeah, if I can continue, please. Um, but yeah, I feel like um, one, they have Tony Stark be like the Uncle Ben role in a way. But, you know, I kind of liked how in Homecoming, he gives him the cuff off. So, you know, what? I'm taking the suit back. Because I wanted to be like you. I want you to be better. And then when he's, you know, when he's fighting the Vulture, which I got him in, I think Vulture in the Spider-Man Homecoming, I think was. Training wheels. Training wheels. Because they didn't do the science experiment gone wrong thing. They, he was just a normal guy. Like, yes, oh, what, but... are they going to do some, oh, his wife is sick and he needs thousands of dollars to help pay for life-saving treatment or something? Okay, so let me amend what I said earlier about Spider-Man's rogues gallery. Yeah. There are two types of Spider-Man rogues. There's the science experiment gone wrong, and then there's the tech. The tech villains. Um, examples of tech villains are... Mysterio, Vulture, Shocker, um, the Tinkerer, um, Scorpion. Scorpion's kind of a mixture of both. Yeah. Um, because he inadvertently becomes a science experiment gone wrong because the suits bonded to him 
Yeah. Um, same deal with Doc Ock. You know what? Like one of my favorite parts, though, in Spider-Man: Homecoming, was it the this? Be Ooh, my the Beetle too. Yeah. What is it? The this be my destiny? The come on, Spider-Man. If this be my destiny, yeah. Oh, that, the the um, if anyone's read the early Spider-Man comics, um, I think it was issue thirty-seven. Um, where uh, he's just trapped under all this rubble, and it looks like he's not gonna make it out of there. And then, you know, you know the little engine that could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I just love the like. I feel like with the MCU tone now, I feel like they can get away with more. They can be more like comic booky now. Yeah. But it isn't too corny. It earned the right, though. What was that? It earned that right. Yeah. And then in, um, yeah, I'm not going to count, like, Captain America Civil War or Infinity War or Endgame, because it's not part of the, well, it's part of the MCU, of course, but it's, you know mm. what I'm saying. I got you. Um, but, you know, Spider-Man Far From Home. And, and I just want to say, like, now Tom Holland, who... I said, part um, Maguire was a better Peter Parker. Um, the Garfield was the better Spider-Man, but I think um, Tom Holland does both of them good. Yeah, and he's I think, a well-rounded Spidey. I think another thing that they did well was making him younger, because in the Raimi movies, he's like just finishing high school. First one, he's like just finishing high school, just started college. And then he's like, you know, like in his 20s, well... In the web movies, he was like in his junior year. The end of the first movie, he begins his senior year. And the second one is like between those. Is like between his his June is like between his senior high school and freshman year of college. And this he's like a sophomore. And like now I think there are certain things like he could get away with. Like for instance, um, you know that scene in like Far From Home, he'll say, he'll, when Fury goes, we need you to help us. Oh, I just want to go hang out with MJ. Like him being younger, you can excuse that. Because they portray as like a 16 year old kid. And that's fine. Or like when I was saying earlier with the, um, how in Spider-Man 2, when it was just stress of the job, like if it was this Spider-Man, I could be more forgiving. Because he's a kid. Well, they they try to portray um, Spider-Man to Spider-Man as like what eighteen or nineteen? No, I think like twenty or something. Twenty twenty-one. Wait, two it's years. Be like at least a. It was. It's Spider-Man been two, two. years no, after. Like oh, no, no. It was almost two years after Uncle Ben was shot. So he's got to be at least a sophomore in college in the second one. So 1920. Yeah. This one, you know. Bill can't buy a drink. But this one, it's 16. You know, you can forgive him if he did stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because when he's like, you know, I just want to hang out with MJ. Like, you know, if it was Garfield or 
Maguire be like, dude, shut up and save the world. But here you can be a little more forgiving because he's young. And, and you know, and what I like about Tom Holland as Spider-Man is they make him, they make him relatable. And they make him like, you know, like in the first one and in the, in Spider-Man Homecoming, he's just learning. It's like funny. Ben in... telling him with great power comes great responsibility because in a way he learns it. In both franchise, in both movies, he it's that way because in the first one, it's he's taking too much responsibility and skiving off part of his Peter Parker responsibility to go Spidey full time. Um, and then he learned, okay, I have to kind of skeeve off that a little bit and find a balance. Exactly. In the second one, he's realizing how much responsibility he has now. And he has to figure out how he's going to handle it. Exactly. So it's it's funny because all both movies have the same through line with great power comes with great responsibility um and that's something that i think when a spider-man movie doesn't work it's because they forget that exactly and i just they forget that one. that has to be the focus and i'll just say one last thing because i just felt like i gave a whole doctoral thesis on this um but one last thing I'm going to say about this is also, you know, I kind of like the transition of the love interest. I feel like in the Raimi movies you had. Mary Jane. Kirsten Dunst. But who's just the, who's just the, you know, damsel in distress, you know. She's the nice. She's nice. That's her character. She's nice. Which is not Isn't a bad she thing. nice? Which is not necessarily a bad thing, but That's the only thing. And then you have Emma Stone who is actually has a brain and is actually smart. Yeah, they definitely went Oh my god, I forgot about that sketch. <laughs> Which one? The uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two SNL sketch oh, that's on the uh, bottom right-hand corner of your screen. Uh, <laughs> oh God! Oh, well, this is great. And and then you have Zendaya. Well, there was someone in the in Homecoming, but I don't forget. I forgot her name. Though. Liz. Liz. But like, I'll say the one with Zendaya in Far From Home. She, I she's, feel like- She's not Mary think, Jane, but she's got personality. Yeah, like MJ, like this is not Mary Jane Watson. No. Um, but I kind of like it for it. Like I liked her, but the only thing is I feel like the romance was kind of forced. 
it's like, we knew nothing of like more in homecoming she was more of like a side character but i feel like in this one she is i think once the identity gets revealed i think everything just starts to piece itself together yeah and now pretty soon we got no way home coming out in december which I'm super psyched for. Are they going to do the Daredevil crossover? I don't know. I don't think so. If that happens, then I officially have my title as predictor of the future. If that, hey, if that comes true, I'll buy you your ticket to the theater. JT? I'm going to hold you to that. Oh, God. All right. Well. You're going to be held to that, pal. If, Bill, if that happens, I will rent out a theater here in here in Maryland, and you all can come down, and we can have the theater to ourselves. Let's go. Let's do it. Cost a hundred bucks, so. Oh, we can all chip in. So anyway, that's our um. So anyway, thank you for coming to my TED talk. Um. Yeah, your TED yes, talk. Yes, uh, twenty-five minutes of talking about Spider-Man. Oh shit! Yep. Sorry, guys. I just had a lot to get to. Um. All right, JT, over to you. Uh, all right. What was the topic of this show again? Remakes and reboots. I don't think it's about Spider-Man, now, is it? What well, it is? It's not. Uh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of copy Bill in a sense, but I'm not gonna be as direct as Bill. I'm gonna say the Batman franchise. Has, okay. And I, I'll talk about it a lot because Bill, you talked a lot there, my friend. I'm gonna I, I'll talk a lot about this one just to save you. It's just you can save your breath. <laughs> Oh, I might chime in though. Watch. Okay, just wait till I'm all done. Okay, sounds good. All right, so we got this first. So look, there there have been over the course of the past eighty years, there have been a ton. Oh, hold on. There have been a ton of different um, iterations of Batman. Literally, this is a ton of them right here, from literally the '30s and '40s. Should we consider the, the serials though, because those are just. All right, then, then let's just talk about the movies. Let's put it that way. Make it a little bit easier for everyone. Okay. So basically, here's the lowdown on Batman. Batman has been done over and over and over again. A lot. And honestly, I'm cool with that because I love the character. I love his background. I love everything about him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to start with Adam West and we'll go up from there. Adam West, yes, we, I want to acknowledge him because there was a movie called Batman the Movie in 1966 and we involved Batman and, you know, and, we, and had Robin, okay. It's, it's there, fair. There was a legit movie with Adam West and I saw Adam West and I met him, just saying. At one point. It's um, a fun it was, movie. It's a, it's a very cheesy movie, but it's, it's also everything in the 60s was cheesy. So You can kind of excuse it. Yeah, yeah. But it's, 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 I still liked it for what it was. And I, uh, it was one of my introductions to Batman as a character. Fair. Then we go to the 80s, Michael Keaton, Batman, which is right here. A little bit darker, a little bit grittier, Tim Burton. It's all my favorite. It's, it's a classic. And Batman Returns. And here, so those two films are great for what they are, Batman and Batman Returns. But what I don't understand personally is, I mean, I don't, I'm curious and I'd love to do more research to find out the reasons why. But how did we, how did Warner Brothers, which is an excellent movie studio, a fantastic movie studio, how did Warner Brothers make a 
drastic change from act literally from actor to actor from three different movies um basically um look we went from michael keaton to val kilmer to george clooney in three movies literally in like three separate movies okay yeah. i kid you not and i'll get to christian Bale and ben affleck in a second but literally we went from dark and gritty to somewhat dark and gritty with, not entirely but here mm. at its moments with batman forever and then there's batman and robin which i've been waiting to talk about on the show for a long time okay batman and robin and I, I will say this the one redeem i think i think there's only one redeemable quality about batman robin, to be completely honest with you. I, the movie was trash. credit card no no not the credit card george clooney is bruce wayne I will, I will give George Clooney. Personally, I thought he was a good Bruce Wayne. Other than that, it was a horrible movie. Uh, that was the, like the one finite, redeemable quality thing about the whole movie. There were these okay. small chats between Bruce and Alfred in those movies that were actually pretty decently done. Yeah, I mean I'll the dialogue, and but they kept they kept uh, the actor who played Alfred and all that stuff. I just my want, I want love to go to Warner Brothers executive and say like. What the hell is wrong with you? Why'd you change actors every freaking movie? To play I, I don't know. I think Michael Goff, the guy who played Alpha, was the only one who was in all four movies. And the guy who played Commissioner Gordon. Oh, was, yeah, that guy too. Was he in Batman and Robin, Hingle? Yeah. Okay. But answering your question, JT. Um, yeah, and I'll get to Christian Bale and Ben Affleck in a second, but go on. Because I think what happened was... um. You know, when we had the Tim Burton Batman movies after Batman Returns, um, yeah. What happened, Justin? The um... So, parents complained. McDonald's pulled their toys. Parents had a lot of power. You know, the yeah. think of the children! Yeah. Um, McDonald's pulled their um, toy line, which... Warner Brothers is like, that's huge. Um, so they definitely went to a different direction. Tim Burton went from director to producer. Like executive producer. No, he was producer on the on Forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he was ever on set. Yeah, he said he had and nothing he, to do with the storylines. And he handpicked Schumacher. And oh my god, and Keaton was Keaton was supposed to return and he read the script, he hated it. He met with uh Schumacher, who made a claim of like, Why does everything have to be so dark? Hated that, so he turned down over 15 million. Dollars. Wait, he turned it down because it was too dark. No, because it wasn't dark at all. Okay. Well, let's bring Schumacher it complained that everything was so dark. Okay, sorry, I lost the plot for a second. Um. Yeah. So, Keen turned it down. Enter Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer and Schumacher butted heads all the time um 
it was reported that he didn't return as Batman due to scheduling conflicts. But the more likely answer is because he was going to do uh, the Down Island of Dr. Moreau. Um, another remake, though. Less said about that movie, the better. But mm-hmm. um, so they asked George to um, be Batman, and he thought that was a really good career move at the time. It was not, and he admits that. So yeah, that's how uh, we got three Batman in four movies. Thank you. I never actually knew that. Yeah, well, and you know what I will say, though, originally, so um, correct me if I'm wrong, Justin, um, the original screenplay of Batman Forever was supposed to be darker. Um, Yeah, and in fact, apparently there's a, get ready, a Schumacher cut. Release the Schumacher cut! Of Batman Forever. God damn, really? That explores more of the psychology of Batman, which could have been interesting, except I've seen some of those deleted scenes. <laughs> like the giant bat scene? <laughs> have you seen it? I have. It's so dumb. Oh my God. It's like an Gulf's hammers, like, what is this? An Ang Lee movie now? <laughs> Release the Schumacher cut. Release the Schumacher cut, everyone. <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. that is two movements supported by this channel now. Um, Release the Schumacher cut and release the potato cut. We support this. Okay. Let's release the potato cut while we're at it, too. Let's release all the cuts. Yeah, all the cuts to potatoes. But anyway. But anyway, yeah. Um, we, but yeah. Like that. Like the, and there was also so, a scene that, what, Two-Face writes something in his cell in blood or something like that? Something like Batman must die or something like that. Yeah, what? Yeah, uh, I gotta admit though, that opening scene is so of that movie is so dumb. Yeah, but remember. Oh the- no! It's boiling acid. No shit, Sherlock. It's so bad. And the, for our dining pleasure, you're gonna get the acid that turned us into the man we are today. Oh god. I will say this about about Schumacher, at least he got the origin story of Two-Face right. I'll give him that. That's the only thing he got right about Two-Face. Yeah. Then and like his that, fascination with the number two. That I'll give him credit for. And two. I just... And, and yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. The Riddler grew on me. I don't know if it's <laughs> Stockholm's... I don't know if it's Stockholm Syndrome or... You mean the Jim Carrey Riddler? Yeah. For real? Oh my God. We don't need this. We don't need that. What the hell? 
the performance is goofy when he's the Riddler. Him as Nigma is actually not bad. Yeah. And his scheme kind of ahead of its time. I mean, it's the internet. <laughs> exactly. It's oh, the internet before the internet. Exactly. <laughs> Literally. Um, uh, oh, God. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Do we, but before we go back to me, do we have any other, any other comments for like what you guys are talking about with the Joe Schumacher and horrible, crazy, weird neon? But I will want to go back to Tim Burton just for one quick second because yeah. I will say this. I think it's a revolutionary thing because the only Batman that we had up until then was boom, pow, whop. Yeah, no, that's true though. So yeah, that's Tim true. Burton was probably the best person at the time to really bring this character to life to give him the initial spark mm. and as the comics matured because it wasn't until the 80s that we really got to see a dark batman that's very true um you know our opinion of what batman's supposed to be along with the animated series uh by oh, Bruce yeah. Tim and Paul Dini um, really evolved the character that I don't think we can ever go back to the to what Schumacher tried to do. I think that ship is long gone. That ship has sailed, as they say. By the way, may Joel Schumacher rest in peace. Yes, we did lose him recently. Last year. Um, right. Um, now, uh, you said you wanted to talk about Nolan. Yeah, I, I was going to touch on Nolan and actually Affleck as well. So one of the things that I like, though, about... Um, okay, I, I, everyone knows that my, I have my own opinions of the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, I mean, obviously, we all know that, like, he's like, oh, well, you know, you know he doesn't like... As, just, it's your least favorite Batman franchise? It's the least. It's uh, not really. Uh, The more I thought, I almost got you there. I I almost got you there. I know you. You was it Batman, Robin? What you know? know. Um, This franchise, these three films. To be completely honest with you guys, the first one I really enjoyed. Batman Begins. I thought was a great introduction because we never. I mean, yes, we've seen like a Batman film with like like the Tim the Tim Burton Batman, where they're talking about like, oh well, they're gonna do. it's an origin. It's kind of an origin story, but I think the best, honestly, the best iteration we've ever seen of the origin of Batman was the rebooted Batman franchise with Batman Begins. The Dark Knight, as much as I bash on it from time to time, I still think that the, as a film, it is a great movie. I still think that it's. I, 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 I'm not. I'm not going to spark a whole conversation about it, but I will say that I, it's it, to call it the Dark Knight and barely have Batman and more be more of a cop thing. That thing just like peaks me a little bit. Like, eh, why would they do that? But whatever. Dark Knight Rises. I thought it was actually a very solid ending to a trilogy that was really well. Uh, look, and let's not forget directing a, a one. Look, directing one movie that's great is really hard. Directing two movies that are great in a row back to back is even harder. The fact that Christopher Nolan was even was able to hang on and do this movie, do this this trilogy right, and what is 
A lot of people think, because I remember when before Batman vs. Superman came out, there was all these rumors, oh, Christian Bale's coming back. Bullshit, okay? Christian Bale was never going to come back to begin with. They never offered it to him. Blah, 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 the whole thing, right? And then we got Batflack. No, no, I'll get to him in a second. Wait, Um, are you talking about the Flash movie, or are you talking about for Batman v Superman? Oh, Batman v Superman. When when I get there, and I'll get to his, I'll get to all of it in a second. This, I thought, was a really, honestly, when I look back at it, I said, you know what? That was not actually that bad. Because as a trilogy on its own, it, it ranks up there amongst, the, in my opinion, the great trilogies. Not in the top five of trilogies of all time. That could be a whole other discussion. But um, this movie, these three movies, I think are really solid. Christopher Nolan's directing, I think, as much as I don't like him, I think he did a great job on these films. Like, you know, like his, Inception. That's, that's the hill you want to die on, huh? Yeah. So, Sorry. He's just, he's just, I feel like he's a one-tone guy like, completely. But these films, as far as his, his take on superheroes and Batman and whatnot, I think he did a great job on that aspect of it. Um, there were some parts I didn't like, like the fighting I thought was the weakest part. Like, why are you making Batman go like, literally go, and like 30 edits later, he hits the guy. I mean, that's my personal opinion. But like the overall, Bourne, the Bourne franchise ruined action movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Poor, poor, the action was the weakest part of these films, though. Um, and we've been obsessed with that style of action for from the yeah. first Bourne movie to I would say about Taken Three. Yeah, I would say so. I, mean, I, I, I think that's when we started like, can you give us something new? And of yeah. course, they gave us John Wick and how, to yeah, uh, reward us. John Wick's good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but anyways, I'm not going to go too much in the Dark Knight trilogy. I mean, I, I do have my respect for it. I think it's a great trilogy all the way completely. Um, I just want to say, though, regarding uh, Batman, though, we did get a... What I love that they did with Spider-Man and Civil War is what they did with Batman and Batman vs. Superman. Yeah, they... they but I will say with Batman v Superman, the beginning, they do show what happened to Batman's parents. They do, but at the same time, they didn't go overly in depth with it. It was not like a, it was like, it was like a, not, not even a subplot line. And I really like that. This, I will defend this, and I, I'm curious to see what Robert Pattinson does uh, with his Batman. But this Batman, I, and I honestly, I really do believe this. This was the best interpretation of Batman being a physical beast on screen. Yes. Absolutely. No matter what you think of the movie, yes, the movie was, eh, it was okay, whatever. Like overall, this Batman though was effing amazing. Okay. Like this Ben Affleck's Batman might be my, it is my favorite interpretation of Batman live. A sign of my Michael King holds a very close place in my heart. But the fact that they didn't really go into an origin story, they they simply rebooted Batman, but they made him a 40-year-old Batman. They made him a Batman that's going to kick ass on screen, and he took down Superman hand in hand. That is the Batman that I was waiting for. Like, oh, not, not the, hand yeah, in hand in kryptonite. Yeah, well, that too. But like, <laughs> I thought this Batman was great. I'm very curious to see what, um, what do you call it, Robert uh, Pattinson. Pattinson. Batman. Yeah, because I think they're going to go with that. He's Hopefully he doesn't Batman. sparkle. No, God, I think I'm this one, to be honest, it's going to be good. This was ripped right out of Arkham, the video games. You could just tell it's been ripped out of that. Now, you want to hear something metal, though, about this? Sure, go ahead. His bat signal, that's the gun. 
What do you mean? That's the gun that Joe Chill used to murder his parents. Oh, for real? His chest piece. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I see that. I'm going to zoom in. Hold on. That right there. Oh, my God. You're right. That's actually really badass. <laughs> Look at that. That's sick. Look at that. This that's, is a cool, that's a cool little detail. That is pretty cool. Yeah. I talk about I like, they're going to go with um I think they're going to go with Robert Pattinson that he's already Batman at this point. I think oh, this okay. is like Batman year 2. I hope so, seriously. Wait, is that coming out this year or next year? Next, next. year, right? Next. March 2022. Mhm. And Matt Reeves is a great director, so Oh, I can. I, I'm very curious to see what he does. Now, this is um, a, another this, person who has successfully rebooted a franchise. Well, we'll talk about that in a second if you want. With Planet of the Apes. Oh no, was that no? That wasn't Matt, Matt Reeves directed the second two. Rupert yeah, Wise directed second two. Um, Rob, Rob Trachtenberg directed the first one, I think. It's Rupert Wyatt. Rupert Wyatt. Fact check. Go. <laughs> <laughs> On Google right now. Who directed this? <laughs> Batteries dying. And, and so, yeah, overall, though, I mean, like, thank, thank everyone for watching in the chat board. You guys are great. Yeah, you got, yeah. Sorry we haven't been interacting with you guys this much. We apologize. Um, we had a very heated debate tonight. Um, but overall, I'm and uh, uh, a lot of people, let's, let's, I'm actually a Robert Pattinson fan. I oh, think I he is honestly, the, the dude, I mean, he, He's what's his face from Twilight, but who gives a crap? That was 10, 12, 13 years ago. No, I'm in agreement with you. Um, like I saw him in Good Time. Um, he was really fantastic in it. He's a fantastic actor. I really like him, and I'm curious to see what. And when, when he was actually at the showing too. That was pretty cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, but it's first, like you yeah. know, we we shouldn't really pigeonhole actors into one thing. That's funny. Except Shia LaBeouf. Oh, we we'll pinhole him all we want, but um, you know, exactly. I'll talk about that when I get to my other pick. Um, not Shia LaBeouf, just pigeonholing actors in general. Just really quick, look at this picture, really quick. This is funny. It's the Lego Batman in his uh, uh, his robe, and there's Batman, Robert Pattinson, Batman in his robe. Look it up if you haven't seen it. Anyways, what are you saying? Uh, Bill. Um. No, I was just saying that uh, the whole we shouldn't pigeonhole actors. I'll get to that when we get to my next pick. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, I'm curious to see where the whole Robert Pattinson thing is going to go. I'm curious to see it. But yeah, me too. You know what? I'm curious, Justin, before we move on to your next pick, are they going to, sure. how they, um, how they're going to have, may have the Snyderverse. Yeah, um, we can talk about that for a sec too. Because I mean, that's a reboot the Snyderverse campaign online. So are they gonna? Are they gonna have that and like this simultaneously? Because wouldn't the Snyderverse the, be more in the DCEU, and this isn't gonna be in the DCEU? The Snyderverse is done. Um, Justice League was the end of the Snyderverse. 
Was it really? It wasn't supposed to be, but the reality of the situation is, is there's no way that they could deliver a good version of Justice League that would be able to be released in a normal theatrical system. It can't happen. They needed at least three and a half hours to tell the story. They used four. (laughs) Three of those minutes were slow-mo, but... (laughs) Yeah. Um... And then he would probably need two more four-hour movies to tell the rest of his trilogy. Because there were going to be two more movies. Justice League 2 was going to be Dark Side coming and um, taking Superman over, succumbing him to the anti-life equation. Superman becomes his pawn, takes over the world. Of course. Why not? You know? Well, rem- well, remember, what happened with Batman v Superman is Warner Brothers got super cold feet by the response to that movie. Um, it wasn't as big of a, of a hit as they were hoping it was going to be. And a lot of that was because of bad word, word to mouth. Um, from the first weekend to the second weekend because they had a huge drop off. Um, I would love to see what Zack Snyder had in plan for the, the Justice League sequels. It was going to be completely different from anything we've ever really seen. Um, okay. So with that knowledge, I'm curious. We're never going to see it, at least not in movie format. However, he has stated that he would be interested in doing a comic book run to complete his vision. And he would do that with artist Jim Lee. Okay. Cause they're still moving forward with the Flash movie. And that yeah. movie is supposed to be kind of like a soft reboot of the DCEU. Mm-hmm. Which I, I'm excited for. I want nothing more than to see good DC films. Shazam was great. Black Adam. Shazam was fantastic. Um yeah. Aquaman was surprisingly decent. Uh-huh. Wonder Woman 1 was great. Wonder Woman 2. I might need to watch again to have a second opinion of, yeah. of it. But Matt Hemsley, if you're watching, we apologize. We know Wonder Woman 84 is your favorite DCEU movie. Yeah, have fun on your date, buddy. Uh-oh. Sorry. Kidding. What are you talking about? Anyways. I mean... The Snyderverse, I mean, look, I kind of, I really dug it, to be honest. I still dig it, to be honest. I think it's a great, visually speaking, it's 
it's great. I think it's. I mean, I really admire Snyder as a visual storyteller. Yeah. Um, I think he needs to hire better screenwriters. I think so too. That, that, like, also, I'd love to see them do this. To be honest with you, how <laughs> the Rock can help restore the Snyderverse. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think. I'm excited for the Flash. I know that they literally have had like 30, 30 different screenwriters and thirty different directors coming to this property, but I'm excited for it because I'm curious to see where DC goes with this. Because if we're talking about rebooting the Snyderverse, we're talking about rebooting everything. That means you have to wipe everything clean. But what they're doing is, and what I think that I think they're okay with it, to be honest with you, is just fixing a couple things here and there. Like the news came out today about like a Black Superman movie. Mister, um, yeah. was black. I mean, I don't care. I mean, as long, if the movie's good, the movie's good. You know, that's my personal sure. opinion. Yeah. But as far as like, like where does Liz leave Henry Cavill? Is he still Superman? Like, like I have so many questions to ask. The from what I've from what I've heard yeah. from the news today is it's going to be separate from the DCEU, kind of like the Batman. Oh, good, good, good. Okay, then that that's good. I mean, that if, if whatever helps them make. Plus, it's going to be something we've never seen before, which is always a good thing. Yeah, I'm definitely curious about it. Um, I kind of hope that they will would use a um, a character that has a little more precedence of being like a Black Kryptonian, because there are Black uh, Supermans in, in the comics. There is precedence. Yeah, and um, isn't JJ directing that one too? Did I hear, did I hear that? No, right? he's not directing. He's, is he writing it? Producing. Oh, good, because if he's writing it, that'd be not good. It would be a tone deaf move for him to direct because it's supposed to be a black story. Uh-huh. So you want a black director and preferably a black writer. Right. I heard. I heard something about that today. I was just wondering because I, I literally heard that today. So. I mean, honestly, like, like rebooting the Snyderverse—is it necessary? I think they. I think if they, if they, if they say, "Look, let's make movies that are, tell great stories, are easy on our budgets, and we have a great time making," like Wonder Woman, I'm sure they had a great time on set. Patty Jenkins did a great. Oh, job. I, I, I'm sure. Yeah. Aquaman made a billion dollars. Why? Because I th- I thought it, I thought personally I, like I said I, I, for those who don't know I didn't see it all the way through in theaters I actually got sick and had to leave unfortunately really seasick what's that seasick <laughs> yes I was seasick and watching it off of in theaters oh god but I honestly like <laughs> that was good um, I honestly don't know I mean I'm, I I would love to see more DC properties like I'm excited for Black Adam with The Rock I'm excited for Shazam two. Like I'm excited for all these films. I would love to see a Green Lantern movie done right. Like mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm not. Listen, I'm a bit. Bill and I. Bill. Bill knows this about me as well. I am as big of a Marvel fanboy as like I love the MCU. My first ever MCU film was Iron Man two, unfortunately. But like you know, I I've seen pretty much all the films since except uh, Black Panther. I think actually, um, I love it. I love the Marvel films. I love what they've done. I love how they have this cohesive one face like different faces and plans dc needs to step up their game i said this before d 
DC needs to just have one clear cut plan and say, look, we're going to have this director and this writer go write us a film. Like I, I pulled this up before and I'm going to pull it up right now because now, now you guys got me on a tangent. DCEU films. Right. And if I do this and if I go over here and if I literally go like this, hold on one second. They literally, I can't, and it's Suicide Squad. We can't remember that too. We have to remember that too. If I go to, where's the films? That's the films. Okay, look. These are all the films that can come out. Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, One Woman, Justice League, Aquaman, Sam, Birds of Prey, One Woman 84, and Jack Snyder's Justice League. Okay, that's, these are all the films that came out. Look what's coming out soon. The Suicide Squad. I love that trailer that came out, by the way. Just saying. Oh, my God. It looks so good. It, it looks great. James Gunn, I think, is because he directed Garden. He brought he brought a talking tree and a walking uh, sorry, a walking tree and a talking raccoon to the screen, and we fell in love with it. Now that he's going to do this with Suicide Squad, I really do think it's going to revitalize the the DCEU. And supposedly, this had ve- like almost no notes from the studio. Like they gave him carte blanche. That's they should really do that more often. Uh, to be honest with you, Black Adam. Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see. But like, look, Black Adam, twenty twenty two. I'm excited about The Rock. The Rock mm-hmm. is finally entering a superhero franchise. And I yeah. think him being, him being a part of Marvel, never I never liked that idea. I, I thought was, I was thought he should play a villain or Lobo or something in DC. I thought he would love that. And he's doing it. I don't know about the Lobo. Flash, but... Lobo. <laughs> Look, The Flash, Aquaman, Shazam, 2023. Oh, my God. Um, I'm so stoked for these other movies because I want to see. Like, and I'm, I'm not, I guess you, have, you could say I might have Marvelitis. Like Marvel's doing everything right, right? They're doing all these great properties, right. they're doing all this great stuff. I think DC could easily step up their game if they had look. If they asked, look, instead of oh, instead of like this movie's coming out then or this coming, just announce three movies a year. Say you're gonna say say you're gonna put out uh, Batgirl, Gotham City Sirens, and a Green Lantern movie in 2024. Then 2025, you're gonna do uh you're gonna do lobo you're gonna put out plastic man and you're gonna put out um a booster golden blue beetle is this oh gonna God. Well, booster gold's never gonna happen I, announced... you, I, I listen i will say this this really caught my attention to be honest with you and i know we're going on a huge tangent here so i'm gonna get back to our conversation in a second because we were going really want to say um what do you got we're still on round one guys yeah, we're still on round one. How many rounds do we want to go here? Because I feel let's, like if we keep doing this, we're going to be here all night. I feel like there's not a lot of stuff. Let's go to two. Let's do two rounds. So this is round one. So you want to just do one? You know, you want to do three rounds? This one, the next one, we're going to do one more? Or let's just take it as it goes. Let's take it as it goes because it's fine. Because if I, we I, do like four or five rounds and we keep going up like this, we're going to be here a while. Yeah, so that's a good call. And I know we all got to get to bed. Yeah, so I'll finish my rant really quick. Like they announced, they're they're announcing all all, they're announcing all these films, but I'm saying none of it's going to come to fruition. Like they announced like the trench spinoff from Aquaman, like Mm. and like they they went a cyborg got reworked, whatever. Like literally, just announce three movies a year. That's all you have to do. So digress. Anyways, whose pick is? I went off on a huge tangent there. Who's next? All right, Justin, it's your turn. Yes, okay, so bottom my line, next pick, 
my next pick is a franchise that it seems that every movie that comes out is a reboot. I'm of course talking about the Terminator franchise. That's a great pick. I should have thought of that. Guys, I'll be back in a sec. You guys can hold down the fort while I'm gone, right? All right, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, Justin, you go first, and I will explain my side in a second. Go ahead. Sure. So, the first two Terminator movies are classics. Um, the first one was a great um, low-budget horror sci-fi movie that let that introduced us to Arnold. Like we wouldn't have Arnold Schwarzenegger as we know him today without the Terminator. And then Terminator Why? two is, and then Terminator two is one of the greatest action movies of all time. Um, yeah. And then when James Cameron left the franchise, they just had no idea what to do with the with the property. Like Terminator 2 came out in 92, um, which was eight years after the first Terminator. So right. Terminator 3 was 2003. So that's an 11 year gap. Now, eight years versus 11 years, it's not a huge difference. Yeah. But you can tell why it took so long for Terminator 2 to come out is because James Cameron, being James Cameron, was probably waiting for the effects to catch up with his vision. Um, Terminator 3, the reason why that didn't, that took so long to come out was because they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know if they were going to get Arnie back. Um, like the only reason why he even came back was James Cameron told him to come back just for the money. Cause look right there, $30 million went to Schwarzenegger. And then he became governor the same year. That's insane. The governor. The governor. And then at least this one still had the semblance of what the Terminator movies were about. The only thing that was really missing was Linda Hamilton. Yeah. And James Cameron, but anyways. Then we get Salvation. Ouch. Uh, did we mention that uh, John Connor's in this movie? Because he mentions his name a lot in this movie. <laughs> Um, this is the infamous movie where Christian Bale uh, verbally threatened a uh, cinematographer who was fixing a uh, light setup. And they, I remember they parodied, parodied that in Family Guy. Oh, good for you! I remember, oh, by the way, I, 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 um, I ate that last piece of pie you were saving for yourself. Oh, good for you. <laughs> I know I've been critical of Family Guy, but that is absolutely hysterical. Um, 
this they tried to bring the Terminator movies into the future. They tried to do a reimagining of the Terminator movies by saying into the future. And this was supposed to be like the first movie in like a friend in a new trilogy. Oh, you'll hear that a couple more times. But because of poor, poor returns and poor critical results, this movie was directed by uh, Nick G, by the way. Um, I don't know about trusting a director who doesn't have a last name. You hear that? Movie. You don't have a last name, Nick G. Um, Quote in the great George Carlin, get a fucking last name, will you? Jesus, Bill. No, also, I have a thing about against people who don't have last names. Also, this was the first PG-13 Terminator movie. Oh my God, for real? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Okay. And then we get Terminator Genesis. Which is the epitome. This was a bad fan fiction that a producer got their hands on and was like, yeah, let's turn this into a Terminator movie. This tried to do the first two movies over again with a twist. So this was a reboot of the first, of the original trilogy. Except now, a Terminator went back even further ago in time to when Sarah Connor was a child and raises her. So they're prepared for when the Terminator comes back to 1984. And Kyle Reese was not prepared for what he was about to go up against. So then they have to go into the, the future, which is our present day, to stop Judgment Day from happening. Sound familiar? Yeah, very. Except now, the Terminator they have to go up against is John Connor. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> it's just so stupid. And then you get, and you think you could not save this franchise now. This franchise is dead. The only thing that could happen that could save this franchise was James Cameron coming back. Well, guess what happened? James Cameron comes back, not as director, but producer. And he has, and he was a huge part of the story. So what do they do in this movie? They kill off John Connor right after Terminator 2. They Halloween 2018 this. I haven't seen so Halloween they, 2018. 
basically what you need to know about Halloween 2018 is everything except for the first movie is not canonical. And this does the same thing, except it erases everything after Terminator 2. So, but the problem is this might as well have been a reboot because it's the same story. The only interesting thing is the Terminator in this movie, the one that goes back to kill the main characters, can split itself into two Terminators now. An endoskeleton and an exoskeleton. So, whoever has the rights to Terminator because it's been switching from studio to studio, are we done yet? Probably not. <laughs> Have we learned our lesson? Lessons are for schmucks. Terminator and Terminator 2, that's the franchise. End it. We're done. I'm trying to find the studio. Hold on. Oh, Paramount owns it right now. Paramount owns it? Yeah. Because uh, I think Terminator 3 was done by Warner Bros. I know, but the rights got sold to Skydance, which is under Paramount, in 2014. Gotcha. Wow. That's a good pick. Oh, yeah, and they're doing an anime now. Animated, really? Anime. Oh dear God! Kill me. <laughs> I hate anime. So yeah, hate uh, man, hate that stuff. Oh my God, disgrace to humanity. Um. So yeah, anyone want to chime in on this one? Bill, I don't think I really have anything to say except they made too many of them. Yeah. Uh, I'll chime in a little bit and then I'll, and then I'll, um, I think it's my turn after that. I'm not sure. Um, well, it's my turn. I was right. Sorry. Um, so yeah. Um, Terminator, Terminator. Um, the first two are timeless classic films. I think I can't, three was probably the, was really bad. Although um, we stopped Judgment Day. You already postponed it. Judgment Day is inevitable. Yeah, so give me a break. No, and, and, and talk. Oh. And Mick G, please get a last name. <laughs> On Twitter, get Mick G, get last name. Um, Terminator, I, th I thought the premise for Terminator Salvation made a lot of was actually a cool premise. I was in the future, it's about the war, stuff like that. Yeah, um, they just made it boring. Yeah, unfortunately, Mick G directed it. <laughs> Uh, and, and Christian Bale was in it, you know, whole waste. Anyways, okay. Unpopular opinion. I actually liked Genesis when it came out, to be completely honest with you. I Phantom Menace it. You Phantom Menace <laughs> That's a thing. Oh, my God. I, 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 I liked it when it came out. To be, be completely honest with you, I really did. Um, I... There's some elements I didn't like. There's some elements I, I did like. There's some things I didn't like in this, you know. Um, I thought the premise of having a Terminator like that was sent back in time that misses target that just walks on. I thought that was kind of cool. 
um that's just like it's just and he, it's in um it's walking among us and he doesn't even know it's an actual like thing that i thought that was cool um, so here's a question yes. why didn't skynet send the terminator like to the very start of the connor bloodline hmm. you mean sarah connor sarah connor had a mom and dad didn't she oh my god yeah but that's terminator 8 for you or whatever <laughs> Terminator 7, Terminator 7, let's go back and kill off Sarah Connor's parents. Oh, wait. You know, <laughs> Terminator 9, where the Terminators are going back in time to stop the dawn of man. Oh, my God. I don't know. And Dark Fate, when it came out, like I said, I actually, like, I, I liked a lot of the elements in it. I, I mean, overall, it was not that great. It was, it's, it was okay. it's recycled. It's, there's nothing new to it. I know. It's. It's a competent action movie and nothing else. I know. That, that, and uh, listen, they literally brought back Linda Hamilton. Uh, Linda Hamilton was in it. Short Arnold was in it. And they brought back the kid who played John Connor for the... Um, for the what? For the motion... Um, the motion capture for the... For the motion capture for his death. Um, oh, spoiler. That's all right. I mean, I liked Genesis. I eh, Dark Fate was okay, um, but my thing is, and I and I completely when you said this, I was like, "That's a brilliant pick." I don't know where they're going to go from here, and I, I really don't think they're going to go anywhere from here. To be honest with you, I think I think it's literally like they're, 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 it's just time to end it. Unfortunately, I think gonna, they should have done something that was kind of like a combination of. Like the, the with Terminator Gen three and Terminator Salvation with Genesis, but instead, yeah. Go ahead. But instead of sending back one TX, send back hundreds. Yeah, try and stop that. <laughs> um, they, they were gonna make a trilogy. exactly try. Yeah, that's that's where the brilliance comes in. You have to really think outside of the box to think how are they going to survive that? Yeah, and it's like one, it's like three or four, or it's like five. Um, and apparently they were going to do like a, but when I went, remember when they announced Genesis, they were going to do a trilogy of, of like mm -hmm. a, of that. Trilogy. Each one they wanted to do a trilogy for. That's literally what the Wikipedia page says. Um, uh, what do you call it? I don't know. Like, they're going to do a TV series. I don't know. I think, to be completely honest with you guys, I think Terminator is done. It should be done as a whole franchise. I mean, like, there's comic books and stuff, but I think it should be done. I, there's a good pick. I like it a lot. So, Bill, you're up. Okay. Since we've been doing, been doing a lot of reboots, we haven't been doing remakes lately, haven't we? Fair. Yeah, not really. Okay. So you know what I'm going to do? We're going to visit our very, very dear friend, Mr. Tim Burton. Oh, boy. Yeah, we're going there, folks. We are going there. Oh, God. Okay, this isn't a remake. It's a, what is it, Justin? Reimagining. Reimagining. This is a movie I used to really, really hate. Yup. He already knows. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I already did it for you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome, America. Um, 
Yeah, well, here's what... Okay. I used to really freaking hate this movie. I used to really not know what to think about this movie. <laughs> uh, I me... used to freaking hate this film with a passion. But here's what I will say. After watching it a few more times... Okay, let me just tell you what I don't like right off the bat. You know what I'm going to say, folks. You know it's coming. Johnny Depp is Willy Wonka. Fair. He's a creep. No, that is completely fair. Insert Michael Jackson joke here, and we are done. And can can you believe that Michael Keaton was actually considered... I think that would have been interesting. What do you think? I think it was going to be, it would have been similar to his character in Dumbo. Oh, do we have to discuss that? Um, Dumbo. We must make our pilgrimage to Pride Pride Rock. Rock. I hear we have a new king. But anyway, yeah, so Johnny Depp is just a creep. Um, whatchamacallit, um, okay. I said we shouldn't pigeonhole actors. Freddie Highmore, I did not like him in this. I just think he was too much of a goody-goody. Because here's the thing, the Charlie in the original, yeah, he, he was a kid, and that made him likable. And what was so good about the Charlie in the original is because at the end of the film, spoiler for all two of you who haven't seen Willy Wonka on the Chocolate Factory. When he I mean, it's kind of disappointed when it came out. What was that? I mean, it was kind of a box office disappointment when it came out. Wait, Willy Wonka or Charlie? Willy Wonka. Really? But you oh, know, yeah. the whole when he goes, You stole fizzy lifting drinks. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Great scene. That yeah. was from the movie, though. Not in the book. Yeah, but here's why I think that scene is so great. Because Grandpa Joe goes, come on, let's give it to Slugworth. And Charlie, who thinks he's not going to be rewarded, he's like, you know what? Here you go, Mr. Wonka. He does it because it's the right thing to do. And he does get rewarded for it. And No, I... And that's what's that's what I think is so better because he's just such a is because he's just because his character, because at the end of the day, he is a good kid. But this one, he's too good because you would the, the Freddie Highmore and Charlie, you would expect him to do that. So one thing I think we can all agree on is Tim Burton does not do subtlety. No, he doesn't. At all. And I think it's very clear here that he doesn't do subtlety because um, you're right. Um, Charlie is a goody-goody in this. And I think that's what Tim Burton wanted because that's just how his style is. Everyone in his movies are a little extra. Because because with the subtlety, it's like, you know, getting back to Johnny Depp as Willy Wonka. It's like what they do is is like they have like one person mouth off to him and they're like, oh, they're gonna get theirs next. While in the original, they kept it more subtle. Like 
Willy Wonka was charming, but he had that mischievous side. And especially a there is no way we are knowing. I mean. But Bill, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. If you heard Johnny Depp do that in the tunnel scene, how would you react? I'd be weirded out. But if he just like spoke it, I think it would be pretty cool. See, I just think there are some things that it would, if you just retreaded too much, it would be seen as just that, retreading too much. Um, I admire what Tim Burton tried to do. I think the results were more mixed than I think we would have liked. Um, I, I equate this to a three musketeers bar. Yeah, but um, no, I still okay. What can you elaborate? I wouldn't pay money for it, but if it's offered to me, because here's here's a few things I'm gonna say. Um, getting back to Freddie Highmore, like listen, I you shouldn't pigeonhole him. I think he's I like him better now. This was before he became a serial killer, and then he became a doctor. In that order. What was that? In that order. Yes, Bates Motel, and now he's on the Good Doctor. Well, usually it's the other way around. For those who don't know me, The Good Doctor is one of my favorite shows. But, um, yeah, Freddie Highmore has done better since then. But now, I will say this. This does have some good things in it. Mm. It does have some good things in it. Like, um, you know, I, I bitched about Willy Wonka and Charlie. But the other kids are fantastic. This yeah. is a big upgrade. Ready? The big upgrade is in the original one, they were just brats. Mm. But you give everyone a different one, a different personality. Like for instance, um Veruca. Well, she's still a spoiled brat. Yeah, you chose a, a poor first one. Okay. But like, for instance, Violet, who was just the gum chewer, they turned her into that over-competitive, gotta be the best yeah. at everything. And they turned that mom, the mom into the soccer mom. You know, the one that we all do not like, that we want to stay as far away from as humanly possible. The Karen. Yeah, she's basically, she was basically a Karen before Karens became a thing. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Yeah, and you know, and you notice with all of Tim Burton's work, he has this very unique idea of what suburbia looks like. Yeah, he. I think the best way he does it was Edward Scissorhands. And you kind of see that inspiration in this movie too. Yeah. Also, you know, Augustus, he's still a glutton. But and then you have Mike TV, who was obsessed with TV in the first one, but now it's is a know-it-all. Yeah, insufferable and, know-it-all. You know, you have the person you're like, oh, he's smart, nice guy, like that guy who knows everything, who you just want to punch in the face. 
who makes you feel stupid for not knowing something. Yeah, and you want to know something. Like, here's the thing. And, like, here's another good thing is the music. Like, okay, I'm not talking about, like, okay, the songs here were only sung in the factory. The Oompa Loopas and, of course, like, Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka, which I wanted to hit on the head about, but. Yeah. The, um, and then with the songs, I'm not talking about, like, comparing it to songs like Pure Imagination, because that's a timeless classic. And, like, compared to the Oompa Loompa songs, like, which are fun, it's like, you know, but it's always the Oompa Loompa doopa dee doo Somebody screwed. It's just the same bland thing. But in this one, I like how they give every kid like a different musical genre. Like for Augustus, it's like a 50s mambo. For Veruca, not Veruca, for, for Violet, it's like a 60s psychedelic song. Mm. For for um, Veruca, it's like a 70s singer-songwriter. And for Mike, it's like an 80s hair metal ballad. All that was missing was the cameo by Oingo Boingo. <laughs> that would have been great. And you know what the other thing is? As you know, all the lyrics from those oh, songs... Oh, that was a missed opportunity. They should have gotten Oingo Boingo to be the band in the Mike TV segment. TV, the most important thing that we haven't learned. Well, I'll get to that in one second, though. But yeah, all those songs were actually lyrics straight from the book. Yes, they were. And that, the Mike TV one is actually kind of controversial because, yeah, because that was a tirade. Okay, little history lesson here. Roald Dahl was not the biggest fan of his of visual media. Of visual media, because he thought what it was going to wipe out books. Yeah, he thought he'd be out of the job because. But you know what? Then why did he keep giving the film rights, though? Because money. But, um, yeah, because he hated, he literally hated um, Willy Wonka on the Chocolate Factory. So much so that he forbade the, uh, the studios from ever adapting Great Glass Elevator. And yet they're working on a prequel now. Really? But something that, else for people to hate on. What was that? Another so move. Something else for you to hate on. But yeah, I, but, and I will. Another thing that I left out that I thought was kind of crappy in this one is the, I'm not talking about the, um, you get nothing. It's before that when, okay. In the Troy on the Chocolate Factory, you see all the kids that they survived. Which kind yeah, of I, I, the, yeah. the mystery because in in Willy Wonka, there'd be like, Mr. Wonka, the other kids, are they gonna be okay? Going, oh my dear boy, they'll be just fine. They'll be back to their old terrible selves, but maybe they'll be a little wiser for the weir. Like you don't know, like, did they survive? Did they die? I mean, I always took it as they did survive. Yeah, but it, they keep it ambiguous. I know, but even at the time when you, you're supposed to think it's ambiguous, it went you know right over my head, and I thought, oh, they all survived, but they all learned a valuable lesson. But um, 
But yeah, I think, but I will say this as much at as least, at least they didn't come back out like completely normal. And I that would have been this, an insult. As much as this isn't my favorite, as much as I like the old, the um, Gene Wilder one better, I will say at least Tim Burton, he did this as not a remake, but like as another adaptation of the book. Mm -hmm. And I'll say this out of all of his reimaginings, this is the one I think had the most personal. This is the one that felt more like a Tim Burton project. Because he said when he was in third grade, he said Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was his favorite book. So I think he just wanted to make an adaptation of a, of a book that he really loved. In his own unique Johnny Depp suspect. So yeah, that's what I think of this movie. It's um, okay, not my favorite Tim Burton movie. Not my favorite Tim Burton movie, but I can I can at least admire it for what Tim Burton was trying to do. Um, I'm gonna be right back, guys. I just need to go grab something from downstairs. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we'll be right here. All right. Thanks. We'll be stalling for you. Thank yeah, you. well, because I think you're next anyway, JT. So I am, and I, I think um, you know, I think this is gonna be the last one of the night because it is getting late for me, unfortunately. So, but I, I when when uh, when I was Bill, when Justin comes back, we will uh, I will touch on what I, the film I picked out that that got a remake, but it didn't do. I thought it was, it's more of like an unnecessary thing. I'll, I'll talk about the film when I get there. But um, basically, it's. Um, it, it, I'm not gonna tell you what it is going on for Justin, but it's actually a really interesting pick that I did not know how to remake until I recently found out about it uh, doing research for this episode. Um, so I'm very curious to see what you guys have to say about it when the time comes. Um, you know, but anyways, Bill, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing fine. Good. Are you still predicting? The, All right. Are you still predicting the future? Hmm. Yes. Good. I just can't think of anything right now to predict. Oh, well, you, maybe you can predict what movie I'm going to pick. Okay, you said it's a remake, right? It's a remake of a film from 30 years prior. Is it Mad Max? No, I should have picked that. Though. Good one. You can guess all you want. I don't care. I, I can't think of anything right now. <laughs> Me neither. I'm, I'm shot too, so. Long day. Long day, buddy. It's been a hard day's night. It has been. Paul McCartney, don't sue me. And didn't John Lennon sing that too? No, John Lennon was on vocals on that, yeah. Okay. Uh, Yoko Ono, don't sue me. <laughs> Yoko Ono. Let's check the chat. Chatboard's been kind of quiet, my friend. Chatboard's been a little quiet since we're at. 40 minutes now, so. Yeah, because this one, I like this one was kind of, because we analyze like every single thing here. We've analyzed like every single little thing. We do. We definitely try to, you know. So, hold on. Is Justin back yet? Is he back? 
I don't see him. No, he's not back. He's. I think he was getting his. There was a. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's probably getting his Mexican food for Cinco de Mayo. I hope so. Yeah, I wonder what he's getting. Uh, probably a burrito. I'm just feeling like he got Chipotle or something. Or salsa fresca, yeah. Have you had it? What, Chipotle? No, salsa fresca. I've never had salsa fresca. It's really good. They have more toppings than Chipotle. It's got more variety, so. You know what my friend calls Chipotle? Hipster Taco Bell. I agree. <laughs> it's basically like cool people's Taco Bell. It pretty much is, to be honest with you. So. Yeah, so we wait. Yeah. I was going to say, too, if you want, I could. Uh, yeah, you, you want to well, just like start well, it? Maybe Justin well, can jump Why don't I start mine? And when Justin comes back, he could just jump in. Yeah, so, sure. I, 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 I'm voting that this is our last round. And I know we only did two rounds. I know we talked a lot. But let's do. I think we did two rounds. It's good because I think we we're all having a. Well, I think we all had a long day, especially Justin and I, and you as well. So. Yeah, because it's we're very over analytical here. A little bit. It's all right. Let me see. Oh, oh, online timer. Why do you have an online timer? Not you. What, are we giving him one minute to come back? Yeah, we're giving him a minute. Justin, you have a minute. Oh, boy. Everyone, you all know the words. start anyways yeah let's start anyway all right my pick my last pick of the night I, I, I went last is footloose oh interesting they okay so it's fun story fun facts about this movie and this song the title track of this movie uh for the soundtrack um uh, for those of you who don't know i work i'm not gonna say specifically where i work but i work at a place where there's it's it's and we're in a really cool place where we get to play uh, brain breaks. And one of the brain breaks is the song Footloose for the kids. And the kids love it. Uh, I'm not going to give away anything else besides that. But this, sometimes there comes a time in film history or movie studios and like revisiting properties. And I say to myself, why the one side of me is like okay they can revisit this and i'll be okay with it they'll be we can re, they can revisit this and i'll be okay with it they disgrace the great kevin bacon footloose did not and i'm telling you that someone who like who just knows about the film hasn't hasn't seen this an iteration of it who's only seen the original 
Uh, this did not need to happen. Oh, it didn't. No, no, this is like a complete unnecessary remake, as they like to say in Hollywood. And in fact, it has a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes give it a 68, which is good. Um, it's just basically it's just a remake of a an iconic 80s film with a great <laughs> iconic soundtrack. So honestly, I... I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the original film with Kevin Bacon. The soundtrack is fantastic. The soundtrack is fantastic. I love this um, Justin's rejoinder. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, Justin, um, Justin, my pick, my, my final pick of the evening is Footloose from 2011. And this is what they call <laughs> unnecessary remake. Yes. Yes, it is. Because why? I love, I was just telling Bill, thank you for joining us again. I love the fact that we were able to have you know great iconic 80s films like the, if they were to remake 16 candles i'd be like okay remake the breakfast club with modern context stuff it makes sense this one was just unnecessary this film was just unnecessary to remake like it to me it didn't even make sense why you're remaking it like i mean, you're gonna have the same songs you're gonna have the same um it didn't really bomb. It says it made sixty-three million worldwide on a budget of that's, twenty-four. That's a that's a pretty good uh, turnout for that kind of budget. Yeah, that's not bad. And not bad at all. Um, honestly, though, I don't think that this was completely necessary to be made. I don't. I don't want to sound like a stick in the water or whatever, but like you know, why did we remake Footloose? Why did we do this? I don't know. So. And look, the, we, when I think of Footloose, I still think of Kenny Loggins. You know, and plus they got like, they got Blake Shelton, who I like, but they got him to do Footloose, the title track. Zach Brown to do another track. Um, Holy After a Hero was no longer Bonnie Tyler or Jim Steinman. It was this other person I don't even know. They just, they just basically did a modern update for this movie. And honestly, I don't really think that this was completely... Like, it's just why it why? got a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, look at this. Hold on, if I can hold on. Look, if I do this and I go to all and I go to Rotten Tomatoes, this film has a 68. And it has a six out of ten, five out of five point nine, if you're gonna be specific on IMDb, but still. Like I don't know. I just I think this was an unnecessary film to remake. No, I the agree. First, the first one's great. There's no, there was no instant. This is literally a cash grab, just because of the name. For cash it. grab on '80s nostalgia. Literally, any comments? Yeah, nothing. I'll tell you why they made the movie because they wanted to make money on the soundtrack. Exactly. Oh, because Kenny, oh, what's his face? Kenny Loggins was great. Um. Any comments for Footloose before we wrap up for tonight? Um, anything at all? You guys got anything at all? Or I, I haven't seen it, but I've heard. I it's haven't kind of seen angry. it either. Okay. Yeah, I had no interest in watching this movie. Okay, I it was one of the first things that popped up in my head. I was like, oh wait, I, I forgot that they remade Footloose back like several yeah. years ago. There's a, one very quick reboot thing I want to talk about. I'll make it very fast if that's okay. Sure. What do you got? So yeah, go ahead. The Planet of the Apes reboot. I, I was just I was gonna bring that up before, but I was like, now let me talk about this one instead. 
I like this, but go on. Yeah, we're not talking about the remake. Okay, I think we picked on Tim Burton a little too much. Well, we haven't. We praised him, then we picked on him. Um, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, we're not discussing the 2001 remake. This really was a Tim Burton show. It really was. We're talking about, I will say, about the Tim Burton one. Mark Wahlberg said, Are you going to do a sequel? They're like, I, he said, I'd rather jump out a window. But this one, The Rise of the Plant, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, Rise. The first one I really liked. Me too. And. First one was him and James Franco mm -hmm. about, you know, how Caesar is developing, how Caesar's developing, and then, and, and then the apes just remember, ape, two separate, weak, ape together, strong. Yeah. And I love Maurice, the orangutan. And it's just so interesting because a lot of when the monkeys talk, it's nonverbal. Have you noticed that? Actually, yeah. I think that's so interesting. And I love in the first one where they're like, get your paws off me, you damn dirty ape. No! That was great. And the very, very original one. Yeah, that was brilliant. But I got to admit, the... Uh, the people who did the voice of the apes, they must have had so much fun in the recording studio. I mean, Andy Circus, he was actually there doing the motion capture. You know, he's the motion capture god at this point. You know, the guy playing Caesar. He's played Caesar, he's played Gollum, he's played King Kong. He's. You know what my favorite one was when. I think it was in the second one. We're like, you can't Caesar! And the monkeys are going crazy. You can't Caesar! I'm like, these people must have had so much freaking fun in the recording booth. Like I said, I don't think it was even a recording booth. I think it was them covered in dots on set. So that'll be even a lot more fun. Because you actually get to be jumping around like a bunch of monkeys. Yeah. And you know what? And also the la the war for Planet of the Apes. I think Woody Harrelson's villain was freaking awesome. Because he, he was a freaking sociopath. Yeah, but... He was he... literally getting enjoyment out of giving the apes pain. Yes. But he also believed himself to be the hero of his own story because he believed in his cause so much that even his end was by his morals. You know, he'd rather die than become one of them when he got infected. Let me let me ask you. Um. I was hearing that this is like a prequel series to the original Planet of the Apes. Have you heard that or no? I believe it. I mean, this this one, um, I heard so, someone asked the, I, so, I, someone asked that question once, uh, not to me, but I was watching something online and I remember that. Um, they said that there, there was a rumor or report out that they were going to try and connect all the dots from the original films, the original five, to... Oh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes and War and Dawn and all that stuff. 
Um, and I don't. I don't. Don Rise. Yeah, Don. Yeah, Don. Um, Don War. It was Rise Don War. Yeah. Um, these. I thought they were. Um, I, I think uh, there is some sort of rumor out there. You can look this up on your own, guys. Um, about a connection between all of them. Um, but Justin, the Tim- I'll tell you that um, what was it? Yeah. Rise of the Planet of the Apes, or Do- the second one was like my favorite movie of 2014. Yes, it was. I remember that. Was this Dawn the right. second one or was Rise? Second. Second. second, second. One, yeah. Oh yeah, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes was my favorite movie of 2014. That was the one with Gary Oldman in it. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I really like this. I've loved all of them. Even the old ones. I have the old ones on Blu-ray, actually. Um, Damn you all to hell! Yeah, oh my God. I, I've seen, you know, you're you're, gonna, you're all going to think I'm crazy, but it was one day I was homesick one day from school. This is going back a couple years. And I was actually home and I watched all five in one day. And I was like, wow, what have I done? <laughs> I just watched the, all the original, the original five. From the, the first one to, I think the last one's called Battle. There, there's a great scene in the third or fourth one where Caesar gives this amazing speech. And um, it's another story for another time, but it's a really, if you've ever seen the original films, I do recommend watching all of them. Um, there so wait, are, Caesar, Caesar is alive in the original ones? Yeah, let me show you. Hold on. Uh, Planet, of, Planet of the Apes. If I go back to here, right? If I go to the the original films from Fox in the sixties and seventies, if I go to this franchise, and I'm, if I can find them, one second, if my laptop would load. Um, okay, okay. If I, there's Planet for first one, there's Beneath mm-hmm. the Planet of the Apes, um, there's Escape. Beneath is literally like it's underneath the Statue of Liberty and stuff like that. Um, Escape from the Planet of the Apes is basically like the the where uh, Caesar and his wife and their son and their son go back in time, go back to Earth, and like our present day nineteen seventy one or two, whatever it is, right? Um, it's great. I liked it a lot. Conquest is basically like where I think the, the Conquest is the fourth one. It's where like the, it's kind of like the rise of the Planet of the Apes film where they kind of take over. But there's a very famous quote and I'm trying, I want to see if I can find it but I think it's basically when like it's what Caesar says to the, the general of the military as he's like you know what this is my planet kind of thing uh, I think it's at the end of this one and I'll, I'll read it to you because we have I'll, I, I, I may be exhausted but I'm going to read this quote to you if I can find it it's really great uh, if I can find it um, uh, it's not going to be on Wikipedia dude no it was on Wikipedia I'm telling you <laughs> uh, I think it was this one hold on uh, He's like, there's, here it is, right here. Um, hold on. Uh, oh, right here. I'll highlight it for you. So this is where there is. This is a very famous f- a film quote for all you film nuts out there who love Planet of the Apes. Just saying, where there is fire, there is smoke, and in that smoke, from this day forward, my people will crouch and conspire and plot and plan for the inevitable day about a man's downfall. The day when he finally uh, and self-destructively turns his weapons against his own kind. The day of writing in the sky where your cities lie buried under radioactive rubble, where the sea is the Dead Sea and a land of wasteland out of which I will lead my people from their captivity 
and I will build our I will build our own cities in which there will be no place for humans except to save our ends and we shall and we shall own our own armies own our own religion and own our own dynasty and that day is upon you now look that scene up on YouTube everyone that is a great scene and then battle is 1973 this I love these film series personally that's me. I had, to, I had to share that one quote. That was a brilliant line that they wrote in the script. So anyways, any other comments for plenty? It's good pick, Bill. Thank you. Yeah, sorry I had to. I, I gave an extra pick there. I just was really thinking about that. Ooh, um, it, was a, it was a good pick. I liked it a lot. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I got to say about that. Like, we've, we didn't do as much as we usually do when we talk about this, but this went on for two hours. Oh, my God. Well, because we got caught off with Batman and Spider-Man. Yeah, well, the, the, those two are huge properties. Let's put it that way. I, mean, I feel like you do got to kind of talk about them individually. Yeah, I mean, you, you really do. I mean, it's just you got to talk about them individually. Yeah, so um, any other comments, guys, before we wrap up for the night? I think I'm good. You, Justin? I'm I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, and then, Bill, why don't you just do it now to get out of the way? Oh, you mean my podcast, the Sports Insanity Podcast, which is available on all platforms such as Apple and Spotify? Yep, that one right there. Check us out. Thank you. Um, I want to thank the two gentlemen for having the last two hours of my life being a, been an absolute ride and joyous occasion on all fronts. Bill Murphy, I want to thank you so much for joining us as usual. Being my Always a pleasure. You're the man. Justin, I know we, I know you had I know you had a long day. I know you had a good time. We want to thank you for coming on as always to share Pleasure your as always. Me. So thank Pleasure you. You're basically in the fold. He's basically in the fold now, is he? We're gonna have to make a Justin T-shirt now. You yeah, you're basically <laughs> in, the, in the fold now, my friend. Yeah. And also check out our channel, Movie Holics Productions. Yes. And the link for their channel is always in the description of, our, of my videos. So you guys can check it out on your own. It's under Bill's channel. It should pop up right there. You're all set. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for watching, everyone. If you like to see here, obviously subscribe to this YouTube channel. I'm running low on energy. It's been crazy. But I hope you go. I hope you have a good rest of your night. And uh, yeah, stay well and be awesome and enjoy some movies. Go out to the theaters later on this year. It's gonna be great. It's coming. Theaters are theaters are reopening. Oh yeah, guys, please just be safe. Absolutely. Be safe. Wear Absolutely. your mask. Still wear your mask. Still social. I've been going to movies about a week after it premieres. It's been working out so far. So everyone just stay safe. And if you haven't already, get vaccinated. Absolutely. Go for it. Seriously. Get your vaccine. Please do. Don't listen to the conspiracy theories. Go get vaccinated. It's so simple. It's relatively painless. You might be feeling crappy the next day, but you know what? Better than the alternative. Exactly. So, thank you so much for watching, everyone, and listening. Have a great night. Good night, guys.